ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನೌಪಧೀತಮಸ್ತುಮಿಷಾವಹೈ ಈ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಆಪ್ಯಾಯಂತು ಮಾಂಗಿ ವಾಕ್ಪ್ರಾಣಶ್ಚಕ್ಷುಶ್ರೋತ್ರ ಅಥೋ ಬಲಮಿಂದ್ರಿಯಿ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮೌಪನಿಷದ್ರಹ್ಮ ನಿರಾಕುರ್ಯಾಂ ಮಾಮ್ರಹ್ಮಕರೋತ್ಕರಣಮಸ್ತು ಅನಿರಾಕರಣ ಮೇ ಅಸ್ತು ತದಾತ್ಮನಿರತೆ ಯ ಉಪನಿಷತ್ಸು ಧರ್ಮ ತೇ ಮಯಿ ಸಂತು ತೇ ಮಯಿ ಸಂತು ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 the happiness that is experienced in the world the laukika happiness is characterized by the subject object separation the subject is separate from the object the subject experiences the object and delights in the object and this separation alone accounts for the joy in fact we find this even in the even in the uh, what's that you know um, certain circles people who say i don't want advaita you don't want non duality no why don't you want non duality because i want to taste the sugar i don't want to be the sugar obviously there is a problem here if one is saying that because one doesn't understand this this thing at all so that is why it is the upanishad scratches her head to explain this moksha for whom for the people who have no idea what it is for the people who are yet to let go of the atma agyanam still it cannot be left unaddressed because if it is left unaddressed then people don't know what it is all about and yet if it is addressed people still don't understand what is uh, it is all about and repudiate it uh, completely unequivocally and say what i want to taste the sugar <laughs> i don't want to i want to test the sweetness i don't want to be the sugar as long as let's put it you know speaking of tasting as long as one is the taster 
one is separate from that which is tasted taster tasted this bheda being there the separation of the taster tasted being there then what happens there is always duality there is always wherever there is duality there is finitude it comes to an end even if you have the biggest sugar cube in the whole world it will come to an end how long can you taste the tasting will come to an end that the taste buds will also come to an end and so therefore so this is not properly recognized still the upanishad braves her way into the description of moksha into the description of happiness both here and in the brihadaranyaka upanishad and in many places and so let us see what it says over here and then we'll try to understand yo vai bhuma tat sukham na alpe sukham asti bhuma eva sukham bhuma tu eva विजिज्ञासी न्यू वर्ड इज इंट्रोड्यूस्ड वॉट इज दट भूमा वॉट इज दिस भूमा सडनली एवरीबडी वेक्सअप what is this bhuma <laughs> something new because we have become jaded to atma 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 <laughs> brahman 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 so much so that when we hear the word brahman you know the eyes glaze over i think i can have a little nap without missing anything <laughs> because been there done that i am brahmand out <laughs> people say this why didn't you come to the retreat i don't know i'm atmaed out i'm brahmaned out and so bhuma 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 sorry brahman 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 and then suddenly what you one bhuma this is just a trick for the mind and what does the mind say i want bhuma i want to know bhuma bhuma who bhuma where <laughs> what is this new thing never encountered anywhere before this is to keep the person awake alive enthused see how hard the upanishad works for us but let's keep this bhuma aside for the time being actually it's a nakaranta shabda like atman bhuman when it declines in the first case it like atman becomes what atma bhuman becomes what bhuma so we'll keep uh, uh, you know it's a paryayi paryaya vachi means it's a synonym of brahman synonym of atma and so we'll keep that much said we'll keep that aside for now and look at the rest of the sentence the rest of the sentence is this bhuma alone is sukha this bhuma alone is sukha let's suspend why and all we'll see that later okay bhuma alone is sukha and then further he says alpe na sukham asti 
Alpena sukham asti. This is a very important thing here. Alpa means finite, small. In that which is small, in that which is finite, happiness cannot reside. Because in that which is small, the happiness what? Is also small. Small happiness. Why? Because the object of pursuit is small, therefore the happiness is also what? Small. So the finite seeker and the finite objects of pursuit give rise to finite happiness. This is something which is which is the characterized by Vishaya Sukha, which we have been seeing at great length. You can have finer and finer upadhis, you can have finer and finer experiences, you can have subtler and subtler forms of happiness, you can enjoy, but ultimately what? Everything is finite. Except the one who is pursuing the finite, that one happens to be infinite. That one alone happens to be infinite and then the pursuit of anything other than oneself leads to finitude, leads to incessantly, infinitely playing in the worlds of the finite. One becomes infinitely finite because as long as one is pursuing things other than oneself. But then how to pursue myself like a dog chasing its own tail? <laughs> so this also is difficult. How, to, how do I go from this Vishayananda characterized by the subject-object divide? The subject which is separate from object, subject pursues the object, subject catches hold of the object. And when the subject catches, you know, many, many ways it can go. Subject can catch the object, happiness is instantly produced and instantly or very quickly gone. Subject cannot catch the object. Why? It is caught by another person. <laughs> this person did not catch the object, that is one, one way. Or having caught the object, loses the object, yet one more outcome. Many such outcomes are there. None of them are the same. None of them are the same as the subject because as long as the object is separate, the object of pursuit is separate from the subject, what happens? Sorrow ensues. This is what Dukkha Bija, Dukkha Lesha. So the Dukkha Bija, Bija means seed. The seed for sorrow is in the pursuit of the finite and I cannot help but pursue the finite because I do not know how to pursue the infinite. I do not know that. I, I yearn for Brahmananda without knowing or having the mechanisms how to pursue that. And what is the description of Brahmananda? There nothing is separate from you. And you are one with everything and since you are one with everything there is no sorrow what does this remind one of sleep <laughs> in sleep what is there nothing is there other than oneself 
nothing is there other than oneself and in fact there is great joy but that joy also is not experienced in quote unquote real time why because the mechanisms for broadcasting the joy the mind senses etc are also in a causal form so to speak they are also non separate from the object of experience there is a total subject object fusion there is a total subject object fusion and then there are in 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 a sense there there is a total suspension of all desires i go to sleep desires also go to sleep what else goes to sleep anxiety goes to sleep worries go to sleep what will happen in the future that that thought go to sleep, goes to sleep all thoughts goes go to sleep there is a total cessation a natural and total cessation of all duality in sleep in fact sleep and moksha are very 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 similar in many respects <laughs> then why come to vedanta class when i can do what i can do best where <laughs> in the comfort of my own room bedroom all i have to do is close my eyes the world as i know it the world of strife the world of dog eat dog the world of pain the world of sorrow the world of jealousy the world of fear is all gone all that is there is i i am not even conscious of myself i am what to talk of anything else so why not just go to sleep if sleep is like moksha <clears throat> then why do i need the description of moksha why do i need the pursuit of moksha why strive for brahmananda over vishayananda very important question what is the answer hmm? in not only temporary in sleep i am not there to enjoy it even if it is temporary granted one cannot be asleep all the time unless one is in a coma but even the time that i am asleep i don't know anything i don't know the joy of which we speak except when i am awakened i appear to be refreshed and i have some kind of a vague memory of what of somehow having enjoyed a happiness so what is moksha the total cessation of the subject object duality cognitively in sleep one transcends the subject object duality why because there is a the the there is what's the word for it there is a cessation of the broadcasting medium called the mind that uh, that broadcasts the separation of the uh, object and the subject the mind itself is in a causal form so if sleep is like moksha then why should i understand moksha this is talked about at length 
in the Brihadaranyaka Upanishad, chapter 3, subsection 4, mantras 21 onwards. The description of sleep and the comparison of sleep to moksha. Very beautifully done. What does the Brihadaranyaka Upanishad say? Very, very telling. First thing it says is that in sleep as well as in moksha, the person is atichandaha, free. Free of what? The body. If supposing somebody has arthritis, when? In the waking state, in the sleep state, one is free of arthritis, totally. In the waking state, if the person is deaf, in the sleep, the person does not know that there is deafness. So like this, there is a homogeneity of experience. There are not discrete experiences. The rise and the fall, the, the catch and kill and the thrill of the catch and kill, which is, which is what is characterized by the waking state, is totally absent. There is no drama. What is there is only Rama. <laughs> D. Silent. Atma Rama. Saha Atichandaha. 4321 why did I, why didn't I do the right thing? This regret is not there. Guilt is not there. Perhaps I should have done something else. Is not there. Apahata papma. It's almost like as though all the papas standing in the account are frozen because they have no manner of expression allowed in sleep. Atichandaha, apahata papma. And then finally it says, abhayam rupam. Abhayam rupam. Is anybody scared in sleep? No. There is no fear in sleep. Very interesting. No fear in sleep. In fact, one is totally deeply immersed in oneself. And the Upanishad gives an example. Like one is in the embrace of a beloved one. While in the embrace of the beloved one, so many things can be going on around, but the person is so immersed in this experience that the person does not look this way or that way or does not have any consciousness of anything outside of this experience. Similarly, the Upanishad says, very beautiful, embraced by the Pratyagatma, Pratyagatmana Parishvaktaha Embraced by the Atma, by consciousness, the person is what? Not available for anything else. Embraced by consciousness, 
one with consciousness, nothing other than oneself there is. It's almost like giving oneself a hug and that's all there is, there is nothing else. And then the Upanishad says, I do not know what to call this person. Shall we call this person Aptakamaha, the one for whom all the Kamas, all the desires have been gained because in sleep what is there? There are no Kamas. It's almost as though all the Kamas have been gained. Or shall we call the person Atmakamaha, only desiring the self? No other desires than desiring the self, which is the only object of desire. So, but if I say Aptakama, it's almost like the Upanishad is talking to itself. The Upanishad says, if I say Aptakama, then we have a problem. By whom all the kamas have been gained. That means what? There was something to be gained and that gain has happened. So there is that duality etc. Again the separation is brought up. But here there are no kamas to speak of, gained or ungained. Okay, so maybe we should call him or her Atmakamaha. The one who desires the Atma alone. But then again, there is a question of semantics. If I say, I have Kama, desire for the Atma, the preposition for separates the Atma from me. See that? I have desire for. So this preposition for again brings, it, brings with it a kind of a duality. So therefore, the Upanishad concludes by saying, let us call this person what? Akama. <laughs> no Kama. Why? Because no Kama is broadcast, no Kama is pursued, no Kama is gained, no Kama is enjoyed. Yet there is enjoyment. Enjoyment of what? Of nothing in particular. Nothing in particular. The enjoyment is not like the enjoyment of the laukika ananda. The enjoyment of laukika ananda is contingent upon there being an object, either within or without. Here there is no object to speak of, yet there is enjoyment. What an interesting, what an interesting paradox. So, but, but the Upanishad says, regardless of whether we call this person Aptakamaha, what was the other word? Atmakamaha or Akamaha. Shokantaro Bhavati still is in enjoyment alone. Away from sorrow. Has crossed, mastered, transcended sorrow totally. There is no sorrow to speak of. All that is there is the person alone. So this is the this is the description both of sleep and what? Moksha. Ayayo, what to do now? <laughs> Aren't there any differences to be able to tell? Yes. 
there is a very very important difference because even though there are many similarities between sleep and moksha one difference we have already discussed which is that one is not aware in sleep of being akamaha that we have already discussed but in moksha one is aware what is the other difference sleep is characterized by the the unconsciousness or the non awareness of the presence of desires desires are there one is not conscious of the presence of desires moksha is characterized what is moksha lakshana moksha lakshana moksha is characterized by the awareness of absence of desires look at the very big difference is there need to repeat this yes no maybe okay sleep is that which is characterized by the awareness the non awareness of the presence of desires moksha is that which is characterized by the awareness of the total absence of desires this is a very big difference and then talking more in verse number 3422 in the next verse the brihadaranya upanishad talks about sleep and moksha again in the same breath tatra पिता अपिता भवती माता अमाता देयर फादर बिकम्स व्हाट नॉन फादर मदर बिकम्स व्हाट नो मदर नॉन मदर राजा बिकम्स व्हाट नॉन राजा देवाहा अदेवाह भवन्ती वेदाह अवेदाह भवन्ती द देवास बिकम व्हाट नॉन देवास मीनिंग देयर इज नो आइडेंटिटी एज सच द आइडेंटिटीज दैट आर देयर इन द वेकिंग स्टेट आर नॉट देयर इन स्लीप एंड आर नॉट देयर इन मोक्षा आइदर but there is a very big difference what's the difference the identity in sleep the non identification in sleep is brought about by what aachhadanam agnyanam it's a covering as it were the desires are suspended no doubt but then the suspension of the desires is not their resolution the identities are likewise suspended only because of one's non awareness of those identities one is clad in the blanket in the cloud blanket or the fog blanket of atma agnyanam therefore one is blissfully here we can use the word blissfully unaware of various roles regrets fears tears 
etc. This is really fascinating. So the Vedas which I say I have to depend on the Vedas for this knowledge or for the karma that I do. Vedas have become what? Non-Vedas. Devas whom I worship have become what? Non-Devas. Stenaha continuing asteno bhavati. The thief becomes non-thief in sleep. Brunaha abrunaha bhavati. The killer of a righteous person, a brahmana etc., killer of a dharmic person becomes a non-killer in sleep. In sleep by default, in moksha consciously or rather we can say cognitively. Through the understanding that this brahman is myself alone, all identities vanish. They vanish because I am not dependent upon them for my being. My being, my identity is firmly in Brahman as Brahman and so the identity of Mata, Mother is what? Brahman plus. What kind of a plus? Infinite plus one. (laughs) How much is infinite plus one? Infinite. (laughs) Infinite plus one is infinite. And infinite minus two? Still infinite. Infinity cannot be touched. So this infinite dawns on the robes of father becomes what? As though father. As though mother. Dawns on the identity of mother becomes as though mother. As though teacher. As though student, as though. It's all just as though, as though, as though. This is where in sleep or moksha? Moksha. <laughs> if you didn't answer, that means you were asleep. So, <laughs> so in moksha, it's, it's all as though. Because this infinite which is discovered as I, total, complete, whole, not needing any other thing at all, not needing anything else to to be complete. Then it is crowned and said what? You are mother. Okay. (laughs) No big deal. You are emperor. Okay. No problem. You are the ruler of the whole universe. Ishvara. Okay. No problem. There is no, there is no thrill because one is not waiting for validation. One is not waiting to be noticed, to be attended to, to be called out, to have some accolades, to have a reason for existence. One is not looking into that at all. So therefore, this is the, the, the this is wonderful description of moksha in the Brihadaranyaka Upanishad. Wonderful description. Very, very, very nice. It's also the description of sleep. Again with a big difference. It is as though a person has been blindfolded. In sleep, it is like this. A person has been blindfolded and taken to a palace of a very powerful king. And 
and then what while blindfolded made made to wear a cape of the softest silk with gold thread embroidery and then made to hold something the insignia of power and then made to sit on the emperor's throne by the emperor himself let's say what's the use the person who is blindfolded doesn't know doesn't know the glory which is surrounding the person doesn't know even though he is enjoying the glory it's not really an enjoyment because one is blindfolded to this experience similarly in sleep all the oneness with ishvara is missed so to speak because all that is there is agnyanam what characterizes sleep is what one expression i don't know <laughs> what happened in sleep i don't know when did you exactly go to sleep can you give me the time of sleep i don't know <laughs> time of death time of sleep nobody knows i don't know but the merging takes place the oneness is there without being enjoyed fully consciously rightfully as a as an heir of this as entitled to this brahmananda one enjoys how partially <laughs> unknowingly so even though sitting on the throne one doesn't know that one is gaining so many glories sleep in sleep one is one with ishvara therefore in ayurveda and even in the shastra it is said please do not disturb the person who is sleep asleep that's why i never wake up anybody who is asleep in class <laughs> i say it is their prarabdha that is giving them good sleep who am i to interfere <laughs> it is also said in ayurveda that you have to wake them up gently you shake them you touch their shoulder you call out their name you shouldn't go with a megaphone and yell or jerk them out of the sleep because they are not quite there within the body a single thread is holding them within the body mind sense complex that consciousness has merged with the universe as it were and if it doesn't come back properly uh, the 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 word used by the shastra is durbhaishajyo bhavati meaning they have illnesses that that are almost incurable illnesses come that are not very easily uh, curable not very easy to cure therefore the person must be roused very very gently and only if needed so this is sleep in sleep the desires are very much there how do we know 
because it's the desire that wakes the person from sleep. <laughs> Even without any propelling from any uh, people in the family, the person wakes up. I have to do this. Today is Monday. I have to go to work. I have to go to school. I have to do this. I have all these things to do. I have an office to run. Got to run. What is that? It's the prarabdha that wakes up. Prarabdha and desire combined. It's the karma that wakes you up. Along with the karma, the desire of things needing to be accomplished. Awaken the person. So therefore the desires are not gone. One is wearing as it were a blanket. One is covered by the blanket of desire. The blanket of desire covers the person as it were. Not allowing, just like the fog covers as though the sun, not allowing its rays to penetrate to the earth. Similarly, the blanket of desires powered by, stitched by, quilted by self-ignorance, atma-ajnanam, as though cover the person in sleep, giving some kind of a blissful nothingness, <laughs> no, uh, no, what's its name, no experience in particular, no subject-object separation, no pursuits, no sorrow, no strife, no, no uh, yearning, no longing, no belonging. And this is exactly like moksha, except one is cognitively aware, one is conscious. And then the next mantra sums this up very beautifully. Not in our text, but in the Brihadaranyaka Upanishad 3.4.23. It says, Yatra, Yat, Pashyanna Pashyati. Seeing, one does not see. Hearing, one does not hear. Picking up the smells, one does not really smell anything. And all these, one by one, all the things, all the um, vyavahara, the transactions of the sense organs are taken up one by one by one by one. Doing this, one doesn't do anything. Seeing this, one doesn't see anything. And there's a long discussion. How can you see and not see? You see, and then, you know, then there is a um, objection as well. How can you see and not see at the same time? Isn't this a kind of a contradiction? If I say I see, that means I have sight, and then whatever is in the line of sight, in the object of sight, I see. But then if I say you see and you don't see, that means what? It doesn't have any meaning. Very cryptic, enigmatic is the Upanishad. And before we look at that meaning, let us read here a little further. We will find some similarity. And here, 
I apologize because the same thing is repeated twice. We just have to uh, we just have to chant it only once. Yatra na anyat pasyati na anyat chrinoti na anyat vijanati sabhuma same thing yatra yatra means yasmin brahmani in which brahman that we are talking about in which atma there is no sense of a separate sight of any object other than itself there is no sense of hearing anything other than oneself there is no sense of knowing anything other than oneself that is called bhuma this is what is called bhuma lakshana the definition of bhuma is given earlier it was mentioned bhuma so kaha bhuma we have to see what is this bhuma yo vai bhuma tat sukham so not only the word bhuma was introduced because otherwise you know if if just the word bhuma was introduced maybe i would not be that excited okay atma brahman so many things one more word what is now bhuma but this bhuma is told as the only source of what sukha bhuma alone is sukha everything else is what dukha bija why bhuma is infinite everything else is finite how long do i want to be happy you're scaring me <laughs> forever infinitely happy i want to be happy all the time nobody says please make me happy for 5 minutes i'll be happy if i am happy for 5 minutes can anybody say that not with a straight face nobody will say that how long i want to be happy all the time forever i want to be happy forever and ever and ever i want to be happy so it's not really the happiness the happiness itself is described as forever there is no separation between the forever which is infinitude and happiness that which is happiness is indeed infinitude and that infinitude is called bhuma which is what myself has to be discovered as myself if it is not discovered as myself and pursued as something separate from myself what will happen bhuma will become yet one more finite object in the universe millions of things to pursue one more new thing i have now bhuma okay i'll look it up i'll google it <laughs> i'll pursue it that also is a dead end along with so many other false ends but that's not how bhuma is described bhuma yo uh, yo vai tat tat sukham that which is sukha is called bhuma and sukha means what sukha means niratishaya sukha a sukha that is characterized by no limits 
I as the pursuer of something called happiness delimit the happiness. Why? If I am separate from that happiness, then that happiness cannot be said to be limitless. If there is something called limitless, it has to fulfill two conditions. First is it should not be a product, it should not be manufactured. Second condition is that it should not be away from me. That which is infinite has to include me. If there is Ishvara, that has to include me. Bhuma is everything, all-encompassing. Atma has to include me. Otherwise, it cannot be called Bhuma. Bhuma means it has many, many uh, synonyms. Big, limitlessly big Bhuma. This is what it means. Atma, Brahman, all of them are the synonyms. And then, so here, the Yovai Bhuma Tat Sukham Alpe Sukham Nasti Bhuma Eva Sukham Go back to the previous mantra. Yovai Bhuma Tat Sukham Bhuma alone is the source of happiness. Why? Because Bhuma is not subject to fragmentation. In Bhuma there are no parts. I cannot have one part of Bhuma. It will not make me happy. Why? Because we are talking of that which has no parts. Bhuma is whole and what do I want to be? Whole. Bhuma is Purna, full. What do, it's exactly what I want to be, full. Bhuma is happiness personified. What do I want to be? All the time happy. Bhuma is happiness without an end. And that Bhuma has to therefore be discovered as myself alone. How to do that? Well, First is to go back to our analysis of Vishayananda. Once the analysis of Vishayananda is complete, then this Bhumananda or what is this Ananda that is not dependent on objects becomes clear. In Vishayananda, there is the with the, uh, the Vishayananda, the object-based happiness is characterized by the Pursuer and the pursuit. There are three things actually. Pursuer, object of pursuit and the pursuit itself. Three things are there in everything. Pursuer is there. Who is the pursuer? Aham, I. Who is me? The one who doesn't know I am Bhuma. And then the object of pursuit is there. And what is the object of pursuit? One more thing, which is just an apparition, a name which has a meaning. <laughs> That's all it is. What I am pursuing is a name that has a meaning, a word that has a meaning. That is what I am pursuing. I am chasing after something that is without substance. Why? The substance is me. <laughs> I provide the substance. 
So whatever I am chasing after, any discrete thing is without substance. I am chasing after an apparition. It's like catching ghosts. And so I am chasing after an apparition. That's why the pursuit is elusive. And then even if I get it, what do I get? I do not get the substance because the whole jagat is devoid of substance. That's one way to look at it. Or we can say the whole jagat is substantiated by my presence alone. Both ways it's the same. If I am pursuing objects, then what happens? I am pursuing that which is devoid of substance because the content of that which I am pursuing is myself alone. The content of that which I am pursuing, I am in avid pursuit, resolves in me, rises in me, is sustained by me alone. Whatever I chase, is what? Empty of name. <laughs> empty other than name. Empty other than form. I'm just chasing name and form. Word and meaning. And who is the one who named it? I'm the one who named it. I'm the one who is pursuing this. This is Vishayananda. Whereas Brahmananda is what? What is the pursuit here? No pursuit. Why? Because I recognize through the study of the Upanishad that I am the truth. I am the truth of my pursuits. And who is this I? Emptied of name. Emptied of form. No name. No form. And what is the content? The content is that which cannot be named and has no form. Very beautiful. No name, no form. Oh, but what about Satchidananda? What about Bhuma? What about Brahman? Those are just interim signposts. It's like a little signpost that says, Go there. Restaurant. <laughs> there is a signpost with an arrow and it is marked what? Restaurant that way. If you are hungry and you look at the signpost, can you start eating the signpost? No. <laughs> what do you have to do? You have to go where it indicates. All words are indicators of that which cannot be named and that which cannot have form. Oh, but why can't Brahman have name and form? Because every name and every form is non-separate from Brahman and in order for it to be called limitless, Bhuma, it cannot have its own name and own form. Every name is Brahman. Every form is non-separate from Brahman. Brahman is not any one name or any one form. It's like all waves rise in the ocean, sustained by the ocean, resolve into the ocean. 
Wave is ocean. Can we call the ocean a wave? No. This is exactly how it is. So from the pursuit of that which has no substance but a name and a form, I turn to the pursuit of that which is the substance, which is myself alone, which cannot be named, which has no form. This is the, this is the U-turn. This is how I transform the pursuit. This is how I go from Vishayananda, from the discrete pursuit. My I am discrete, the object, the pursuer is discrete from the object of pursuit and the methodology of pursuit is also discrete. From that, here, there is what? There is an abidance in that alone which is free of all pursuits. Why? Because it is enough. I am enough. Why? I am limitless. Is limitless enough for you? We have to say yes. <laughs> no, I want a little more. I want to improve upon the limitless. What, what do you say to somebody like that? There is no improvement. Somebody asked Pujya Swamiji, what if somebody better than Adi Shankara came and wrote better, uh, what is that called, commentaries? What would you do? <laughs> and Pujya Swamiji said, everything is an expression of that alone. There is no improving upon this knowledge. You are the best. How can you improve upon this knowledge? You are the whole. How can you improve upon this knowledge? You are Bhuman. You cannot improve upon this knowledge. That's why it is free of time. That's why it is free of space. And that's why it is free of name and form. Because if it had a name and if it had a form, it would immediately become what? Combustible, finite. And what are we doing? Where are we? We are in the realm of the infinite. Therefore, back in the Brihadaranyaka Upanishad, what is said? Pashyanna Pashyati. Srinvanna Srinavati. Seeing, there is nothing to see. Means what? The seeing is happening. Why? Because eyes are there. And then, what do the eyes relate to? What do they correspond to? They correspond to color. They respond to form, shapes. So obviously, the act of seeing is happening, all right. But that which is the sight operating is non-separate from the person who is Bhuma, who understands I am Bhuma. And then that which is the object of sight is also non-separate from Bhuma. Because Bhuma alone upholds everything that there is to see, hear, touch, smell, etc. So the object is what? Non-separate from Bhuma. Subject is what? Non-separate from Bhuma. The, the 
art of pursuing or wanting to pursue the object by the subject through the means of knowledge that is also what non separate from bhuma alone all there is is bhuma in bhuma there we cannot say there is a desire to do something or a desire to have something why because that desire is already fulfilled how can you say it's already fulfilled that's how it is it is already fulfilled as good as fulfilled sarvan kaman brahmana sah samashnute in the taitriya upanishad this is the promise that is given brahmavid apnoti param the knower of brahman gains the ultimate oh i'd like that what is this brahman satyam gnanam anantam it is known by three words which are again like arrows leading to that which is free of that very word free of attributes like bhuma same thing brahman free of name free of form free of attribute free of shape free of size so what will i get when i know this brahman and it's given in a way that can one can understand sarvan kaman all desires are felled in one swoop all desires are fulfilled in one stroke how is that even possible that all desires are fulfilled in one stroke all desires are fulfilled in one stroke because that subject which is which was a wanting subject understanding itself as brahman becomes what a non wanting entity no name no form no size no shape no desires other than itself therefore it is free because the wanting i the knower who says i know that i want is knocked off in the process of gaining this knowledge it is a knowledge which is enjoyed without a knower in particular all that is there is one bhuma no separation no name no particular form yet all forms are non separate from bhuma dependent upon bhuma bhuma in itself no name no form all knowledge the presence is free of any kind of limitation limitless all conscious all knowing presence am i more we'll see when tomorrow uh, satsang is there at what time 7:30 om purnamadah purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate पूर्णस्य पूर्णमादा पूर्णमेवशिष्यते ओं शाति 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 हरि ओं श्रीगुरुभ्यो नम हरि ओम